This is Ireland's 100 to 102 Today FM. Over the course of election 2016 on Today FM, we'll have interviews with all four of the major party leaders. But before Christmas, we also interviewed the leaders or representatives of parties who are fighting their first election in 2016. Renewa, the Social Democrats, the Independent Alliance founded by Shane Ross, and the combined anti-austerity alliance People Before Profit. So in case you didn't manage to catch it over Christmas, here's our interview with Paul Murphy of the anti-austerity alliance People Before Profit. Well, it's offering a principled opposition to austerity. It's offering a commitment to using elected positions and using you know any profile opportunities etc we have to build people power movements like the mass boycott the mass protest movement against the water charges to take on austerity and it's committed to radical social change um, for abortion rights against all discrimination against LGBT people against asylum seekers against travellers and that's the key elements of what we're offering. Now, it's not the first time that there's been a kind of a common left platform. There was the United Left Alliance five years ago. So how is this different? You're adamant that this isn't a merger of the various constituent parties. Yeah, so this is a coming together of the two you know, significant parts of the organised left in this country, the Anti-Austerity Alliance and People Before Profit, both of which had played key roles in the anti-water charges movement. Um, so it recognises the fact that there's two organisations. It's a block of those two organisations, which is something that would happen in other European countries. You know, it's not a, a strange idea. So that's one difference, is that it, that's kind of built into it, is, is it's two organisations. Um, but I think the most important difference is that the political time could hardly be more different in the sense that you, know, you have a significant shift to the left taking place in society. You really do. It's reflected in the opinion polls. And it's because of the impact of the crisis after seven years and the fact that all the establishment parties have done the same in power. Um, that's opened up a big space to the left, particularly because of Labour's uh, sellout. And then that's given an added edge by the anti-water charges movement, of which AA, PVP were central parts of. And it's just, it's given people a sense that actually things could be different. People have power if mobilised. Um, and I just think it's it's created a much larger audience for our ideas and gives us a much greater chance of success. Okay, one assumes that the, the whole point of having an electoral alliance between the anti-austerity alliance and people before profit is that ultimately you want to maximise the, the representation you have in the dole. There's no point splitting votes amongst each other because it's the problem the left has had before. Um, but ultimately then it's going to mean that you want to presumably be in a position where you can hold the balance of power and potentially uh, you know, be part of a government that's going to have to subscribe to your way of thinking. What guarantee do people who want to vote for the AAA or PBP have that this alliance isn't going to fall apart in the same way as the United Left Alliance has done and basically revert back to the same sort of internal divisions that the left movement has always had, that's always held it back to a degree from ever having any major success before now? Well, the main guarantee is a, is a political commitment of both forces to this project, um, to AAPVP, but also I think both of us would see this as a stepping stone to something bigger, hopefully, and that it's the start or it's the next step in a process towards a, a new mass party of the left. But wasn't that the um, case five years ago? Well, this is we're, we're, that's what we're fighting for. But the other, I mean, I think a, a reason that people can be more confident, this is a registered party. I mean, when people go in and decide to vote for candidates of the Anti-Austerity Alliance or People for Profit on the ballot paper, what it will say beside their name and the logo that will appear will be the joint logo of the Anti-Austerity Alliance People for Profit. And so that also creates you know, a, a reality that we will be elected as AAPBP. And one of the you know, factors in, in, in driving this project is because, in particular, we're, we're trying to get as a minimum target uh, in the election seven TDs elected. And... That's a, a magic number from our point of view because if we get seven, we're an officially recognised parliamentary group. It means we'll have the same amount of speaking time as Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin have in this stall. It means every single day 
um, a principal left-wing socialist activist would have leaders' questions to whatever the Taoiseach of the day is. And that is massively, you know, increased platform for our ideas and to help us build a movement that can actually deliver a recovery for ordinary people, which is that's what people want. But the the fractured history of the left is sort of again reflected in the fact that the people people for profit wing of your new electoral alliance is also part of the right to change principle, which is drew out of the, the right to water campaign. Um, the Socialist Party and the AAA has had its own we won't pay campaign, which is a separate thing, and you're not signed up to right to change. So how's it going to work if you have basically two parties which for electoral purposes now are just one party, one of you is part of a national campaign with a transfer pact and the other one of you isn't. I mean, is that not just the same old fractured left we've always had? Um, so the first thing is that, like, built into this organisation is the right and a recognition of differences. That it's, it's okay for the Anti-Austerity Alliance and people for profit to differ on things, um, to have fraternal debate about those things in a you know calm tone, um, and then to continue to work together. So we think it's okay for people to express differences uh, openly. But the other thing I'd say is that fundamentally there's there's very little difference on our position on these these things. Um, we, the Anti-Austerity Alliance, uh, broadly agrees, as does People for Profit, with the right to change uh, principles. The only difference is that we decided not to effectively give a blank cheque to form a government with Sinn Féin in advance of an election. But the, the bottom line positions of both organisations are actually very, very similar in terms of we are would, neither of us will be part of a government that includes Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael or Labour. And we're committed to the creation of a, a left government, a government that will reverse austerity. And the only government we would participate in is a government that does those things, that scraps water charges, property tax, other austerity taxes, and that reverses the cuts that have taken place, that repeals the Eighth Amendment, that places the burden of taxation on the rich, on the corporations uh, in this state, um, and fundamentally works to restructure our society to put people's needs at the centre as opposed to profit. And I think in reality, we all have significant questions as to whether Sinn Féin would sign up to such a programme. Um, but we also, as the Anti-Austerity Alliance, have given a commitment that even if the numbers were there for a government to exclude Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Labour, and there wasn't an agreement on a left government programme, what we would think is sufficient, we'd still use our votes in the next all to block Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Labour coming back and to allow an alternative government to be formed and then vote on issues as they come up. But it's not really addressing, it still doesn't make the left seem all that united if the people for profit wing of your new alliance have already committed to sharing power with Sinn Féin because they are signed up to the right to change principles and you're not. So the whole idea that you're trying to offer a stability where it's a common left viable front, a potential government in waiting, is undermined by the fact that half of you are willing to work with Sinn Féin, who are likely to be the leading left-wing party after the the election, and half of you aren't. But that's, I think, a mischaracterization. you know? I mean, the the actual political positions of both organisations on what will happen after the election are quite similar. Um, It's true that Formally speaking, people for profit is part of right to change. Uh, it's true that we're not, the Anti-Austerity Alliance is not part of right to change. Um, but in terms of what we, we're standing for, what we're arguing for, it's the same. But also in terms of what would happen after the election. Um, I think it's clear. And I think people need a government that excludes the establishment parties. That's a bottom line position. Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael or Labour, you know, there is no way that a government that ex- includes them that they're going to allow the significant radical change that we need to reverse austerity. So that's a baseline position, and then people need to see austerity um, reversed. And, and it's not it's not crazy for us to raise questions over Sinn Féin's commitment to that. You look at what they've signed up for, unfortunately, in the North, which is welfare cuts, corporation uh, tax cuts, significant job losses in the public sector. Um, and you look, you know, their lack of commitment in terms of 
calling for the boycott on the water charges. And, and they're, they're questions that we have, but also people before profit have and people in the anti-water charges movement have. Um, and we want to engage in a dialogue with Sinn Féin supporters about those things and ask Sinn Féin supporters to put pressure on their own leadership to rule out now a coalition with Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Labour. That's the main obstacle here to a, an anti-austerity government. Now, I don't think it's terribly surprising, but whenever you say Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, you always do put in Labour as well. And mm. obviously you would argue that that's because of the role that Labour's had in the current government where there's been much more austerity and there's been a lot of hardship for a lot of people as well. But fundamentally, Labour are still a centre-left party, at least that is their value, and that the only reason why these things have happened on their watch is because they haven't been the largest party. They haven't been the ones holding the ultimate balance of power. They don't have, perhaps, the right of veto that we might expect them to. So why do you keep ruling out or or dismissing Labour like that when they are, and have have always been, up till this coming election, they have always been the biggest vehicle for a left-wing voice in government. I mean, surely they are there. If that you were dragging them back to the left, you could work with them. You could actually have a broad left platform that could actually govern in the way that you would all like it to. And yet you keep ruling out the most plausible option. Unfortunately, I think Labour is not in any sense a left-wing party. I think that's been, you know, dramatically revealed by their actions in government. And even, you know, I, I don't accept the idea that they're just prisoners of Fine Gael and have no choice in any of these things. They obviously had a choice at the start. They have. They had a choice all through the government to pull out at any stage, but also, like if you listen to their defence of the policies they implement, it's as right wing as Fine Gael. It really is their defence of the water charges, their defence of the property tax, um, their defence now of US warplanes in, in Shannon Airport yesterday, John Burton and the doll. I mean, it's no more left wing uh, than what Fine Gael is putting forward, and that's the reality. And I mean, there certainly were good socialists, good trade unionists, good activists inside the Labour Party, um, including up until the point of entering into government. But, I, I mean, I know some of these people personally and they're all gone in the course of this this government. So the Labour Party is no longer the party it used to be. It is now a Troika party, an austerity party uh, like the rest. And I just, you know, the idea that they'll be part of a left-wing alternative, I, I don't think it's real. Um, do you think the political system is deliberately almost almost deliberately designed to keep out new entrants with the way the funding things are set up, the way that you have to get a 2% vote nationwide, even the Dáil rules, like you mentioned earlier, needing to get seven TDs in order to have a guaranteed right to question it. Um, is it a case that the, the, the main parties have basically built the system and then pulled the ladder up behind themselves? Um, partly. Uh, it's it's not as bad as some countries in terms of, you know, in some countries you have a minimum vote, national vote threshold, which is a real barrier to left organisations getting in. The fact that we have proportional representation by single transferable vote is a benefit for smaller organisations. It means you can grow in a way that you know, is very difficult, for example, in, in Britain. Um, but I, I definitely think, obviously, the system is stacked in favour of the big establishment parties. Um, they get huge government, uh, state funding, uh, millions and millions of euros, all of the, the big parties, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, Labour uh, and Sinn Féin. And that's reserved for parties that cross a, a 2% uh, threshold, which they have and they have significant uh, resources. The Dáil rules are undemocratic. It's not fair that um, you have to get, you know what I mean, seven TDs to have really speaking rights as, a, as your own organisation, that different organisations aren't aren't recognised inside the doll, um, or the way the technical group uh, is treated, uh, which has more TDs now than Fianna Fáil, I think. Um, and yet we're last in the pecking order in terms of the questions, etc. So that's true. Um, I think people are very alienated from the political system, correctly, and they want to shake that up. Um, and I think the election will be an opportunity to do so. 
if people are alienated by the political system, then why should they put their faith in trying to change it in the hands of people? You're an outgoing slate of, of three or four TDs, all of whom are already TDs. You are all very well-known national politicians. You already know the system. A lot of people would worry that you've gone native. They shouldn't put their faith in us. Um, the political system will not be changed by myself or Joe Higgins or Richard Barrett or Ruth Coppinger or Mick Barry or whoever. Um, the political system will only be changed by a mass movement. Like, we're on the verge of defeating the water charges, not because we have really good TDs opposing the water charges in the doll. I think that's helped, but we're on the verge of it because they have helped to build a mass movement outside, and in particular a mass movement of civil disobedience and the boycott. We need to build the same movement on the question of housing, to demand investment, to resolve the housing crisis when thousands are facing homelessness, hundreds of thousands are facing spiralling rents, mortgages they can't afford, etc. We need to build the same movement to transform the whole political system. Um, A political movement and expression of that of the left is in a very important part of that. But is is um, a mass movement or, or having public protest not ultimately just a, a, a step on the ladder of trying to get people like you elected? No, um, I think it's about fundamental change. I mean, I, I think it is a step on the ladder of achieving a left government uh, in this state, which I think we're nearing the point where that can come on the agenda and you can have a real discussion about a left government and what a left government uh, would do. But e- even a left government just being elected isn't enough. I mean, you see what happened, unfortunately, in Greece. Syriza was and was seen to be uh, a left government, the first left government in Europe for a very, very long time. And how do they know that, that you and the other anti-austerity alliance people for profit, how do they know that you won't go the same way as Syriza, where you're going to face pressure from the the establishment, for, for want of a better way of putting it, and that you're not going to be just beaten into defeat like they were? Well, the, the best thing is that you need to keep a movement from below to keep the pressure up on whatever left government uh, is formed. But the other thing, obviously, is the political positions that, say, the anti-austerity alliance has put forward and the critique we made of, of Zeros is that, fundamentally, if you're going to reverse austerity measures, you have to break unjust rules. That's something we've been prepared to do in terms of advocating the boycott of the water charges, uh, the abortion pill bus, for example. We We think that... You know, breaking unjust rules is a legitimate part of political activity, but the same is true for a left government. A left government that comes to power cannot abide by the fiscal framework that's set out by the EU. It's just impossible. You cannot stick with paying €7 billion a year to the bondholders. And so you have to be prepared to engage in a clash um, over those issues and to say that, for example... Investing in public services is more important than handing seven billion euro a year over to bondholders, and that's that's what we said. That's what we, you know, it's, that's what our sister party said in, in Greece, and would have had a critique of of Syriza from the left. Um, and I think I think that's you know a, a reason, but it, it is a reason that people should look at the experience of Syriza, and it's just people can hope that just electing a left government will resolve it, but actually it's it's more complicated than that because the forces arrayed against us are substantial. But also we have to be part of a movement that takes place across Europe. You have the Spanish elections uh, coming up where Podemos will do reasonably well, not as well as previously would have been hoped, but you have a rise of the left and the, you know, the potential to place on the agenda the building of a different sort of Europe, democratic Europe, Europe that works for the millions as opposed to the millionaires. Uh, finally, Paul, and I suspect you'll probably struggle to find uh, just one potential answer to this, but if you could pick just one thing uh, that has happened in the current Dáil or under the current government, uh, which would not have happened had uh, you and other people from the left been in power, what would it be? Um, well, yeah, let's think. <laughs> um, I, I think the continuation of the ban on abortion in this country and the tragedies that go with that, I think 
that's like one of the first things that a left government would do is a, a referendum to repeal the Eighth Amendment and to have the right to choose. Um, obviously, alongside key economic points, the reversal of the austerity measures, etc. But I just think that's you know a horrific ongoing thing. And actually, you've a dance around the issue by Fine Gael trying to take it out of the election by saying they have a constitutional convention, etc. Just kicking the can down the road. And ultimately, I think there is pressure to repeal the Eighth Amendment. There's pressure on the issue of fatal fetal abnormalities. But there'll be an attempt to contain that change and, for example, to keep in the Constitution a variety, a different variation of the words that are currently there, which perhaps allow abortion in slightly more circumstances, but still extremely limited. That doesn't stop, you know, the thousands of women who are forced to to travel. So I think that's a key issue that we would have done differently. That was Paul Murphy of the combined anti-austerity alliance People Before Profit. You can hear interviews with the representatives from the other new parties elsewhere on this podcast feed. 100 to 102 Today FM.